and good to go, good to go. You have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 20 this, this evening. We'll, we'll start in John chapter 20. We'll draw our me, uh, thought from this passage, and then we'll move on to several other passages, so don't, don't close your Bible. We'll be looking at the life and ministry and the soon coming of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm aware of the fact that when you, when you look at the timeline and add all these things up, such as when John the Baptist was born, and because the Bible gives us some details about uh, the time he was born in Luke chapter 1, uh, his father was a priest in the temple. We understand that John the Baptist was six months older than our Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, and his cousin, and I'm aware of that fact uh, uh, if you study the Bible, that uh, he was not born on December 25th. We understand that we have set this time of year aside to celebrate the birth and recognize that he did come down to this world, whichever one of you want to go into the origin of a Christmas season, you can. But I would just like to say I'm glad there is a time when men's hearts are focused on him and a bit tender toward him and the things of God. Can I at least lift up and worship our Savior and get some people thinking about Him and instead of everything that's going on around us that we see this commercialism. I realize there are a lot of things that they try to steal His glory from the presence and the gifts of men coming down a chimney, but I'm glad that He's still the reason for the season. Look at John chapter 20. Uh, let's look at verse number 13. And they said unto her, Woman, well, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because thou have taken away my Lord, and I know not where. They have laid him. Underline that. Look down at verse number 15, if you will, for me. Jesus said unto her, Now Jesus is already gone, says, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou would born him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you to know Just thank you for all your mercy and grace and love. We thank you for this time that we can worship and glorify you, Father. Help us to be what we need to be. Empty himself and fill him with our spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, Mary asked that two times this question. Where have they laid him? Where have they laid him? And that's going to be our thought tonight that we will be preaching on. Where have they laid him? You say, what do you mean? Where have they laid him? I, I began to look at the life of our Savior from the past, from when he was born, throughout the life, and on the, into the future and yet to come. I find where Jesus was laid in many different places by many different people and in many different spots. This laying down of the Lord in different places are the picture of who and what he really is tonight. Look, go to Luke chapter number uh, 2. Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to go through it. We're gonna keep your Bibles open. We're going to go through a lot. Luke chapter 2, verse number 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Here in Luke chapter 2, we find the first place that our Lord was laid down 
it was in a manger. They laid him down in the manger. His family laid him down in a manger. And that was a picture of that perfect promised son that was promised to those. They laid him in a manger. Remember the promise back in Isaiah. I shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and, and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. The song uh, asked the question, Mary, did you know? I like that song. I like listening to it. We listened, I listened to it yesterday, last night. I like that song. It says, Mary, did you know? Can I tell you this? Mary knew. Mary knew. Mary knew about it. He, he was already told her, you are going to bring forth a son. Gamas, God incarnate. Uh, he's going to be the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and I'm going to give him the throne of the father of David. She already knew who she was bearing. She already knew that. Can you imagine Mary looking down in this manger, looking down at this baby laying there, the thoughts start flooding through her mind. This was God that stepped out on nothing and created everything. This was the God that formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into the nostrils and gave him breath of life. I am not the only this child's physical mother, but this child is my Savior. He breathed the life into my body. That put the health in me. He, he put the praise in my mouth. He put the song in my soul. I'm looking at the one who gave me life. And I bear him life. God laid in a manger. He was a promised son tonight. Who would come down to lead people. Like you and I. Back to where he came from. Jesus said I am the way. The truth. The life. No man cometh to the father. But by me. Right before that, Thomas said, Lord, we don't know how to get to where you're going. I don't know how to get there. We don't know the way. We don't know where you're going. We don't know how to get to heaven. Jesus said, if you want to go, just follow me. Just follow me. I'll take you to where I'm going. That is why he came down. He came down to open up a way back to God. Amen. He came down to, to give his life to dead men and dead and trespasses and sin. He came and down and give truth to the world that was deceived in darkness. He is the God man tonight. Where they laid him, his family laid him in a manger. He was the perfect and promised son tonight. Anybody, everybody remembers Paul Harvey. I used to love to listen to Paul Harvey. And I always loved it when he said, and now, rest of a story. He told a story one time. It was around Christmas time. A man that did not believe in God. He didn't believe in the Bible. Just couldn't believe that a God would come down in flesh, die for mankind. Paul Harvey said that the man had a wife and several children and they were believers. His wife was a believer. And they were raised their, she raised her children to be believers and they was in church and they was getting ready for church service that Christmas Eve. She looked at her husband and says, well, you want to go with us? He says, no, I, I don't want to believe in that. I cannot go. So she went and as he was sitting in the chair looking through the window as he see the car drive off and the taillights get dimmer and dimmer and it drove over the hill there. And as he's watching the car pull off down the road, he started to snow. It was snowing. And he was sitting there next to this fireplace getting warm. And he started to read and he heard something. It was banging up against the side of the house. He didn't understand what it was and he couldn't figure out what it was. 
Paul Harvey said he got up and he opened the door and looked down to the side where it was the noise was. And he looked down and he saw all these birds, sparrows, laying in the snow. They had seen the light come from the window. And they were trying to get to that light for that safety, that warmth that they could get there. And all they was doing was running in the side of the house. He thought to himself, what's wrong with these birds? Then he's having compassion on these birds and he said, well, I'm going to go down to the barn and I'm going to set a light out and I'm going to get it warm down and I'm going to open up the door and I'm going to let these birds go into there and get warm. So he done that. He went up and then he tried to go up these birds. He tried to shoo these birds down there. They scattered out. They wouldn't look at him. They wouldn't listen to him. They just scattered out. Then he thought, well, they're afraid of me. I'm not like them. They look at me as somebody that's bigger, somebody that they can't deal with. And I'm not laying. He says, if somehow or another I could be just like them, if they could see me as one of them, they may trust me and follow me down to that barn and get warm and have safety. If they could just see me as them, as me as one of them, they might put their trust in me. About that time, the Holy Spirit started dealing with this man's heart. He said, that's exactly what I did for you. You looked at me as something that couldn't be solved, something that was sitting on a throne, but I came down in a form, man, just like you did. I came to be just like you. Now we're one-on-one. You can see me. Holy Spirit said it got to his heart, and he got saved. Him and his wife went to start going to church. He was a man of God. He just served God. He says, I understand. And he began to thought in his mind. God started dealing with him. If you let look past that manger and look what he came to do, he came to be a man just like you and I. But yet he was still God-man, and yet he was still God, and yet he still died for our sins. Yet his family laid him in a manger. Look at Luke chapter number 23. Luke chapter number 23. His family laid him in a manger. Verse number 26. And as they led him away, they said, laid upon, hold upon Simon the Cyrene, and come, coming out of the country, and, he, and on him they laid the cross that might bear it after Jesus. His family laid him in a manger. His foes laid him on the cross. The word after the next in this text, does not mean Jesus carried it first and then set it down and Simon carried it then. It meant that he was carrying the hinder end of the cross. They were literally making it harder for Jesus to crawl the cross. In fact, when he picked the hinder end of that cross up, it put the weight on Jesus on his shoulder. It was not easy for him to carry that weight. They laid the cross on his shoulders and they picked it up back in. And can I say, Simon did not carry the cross of Jesus to the top of Mount Calvary. Jesus bore the own cross, his own cross, and took it to the top of Mount Calvary. Jesus bore boldly, picked up that cross, and laid it across his shoulders and carried it to the top of Mount Calvary. He to die for every sinner on this world. We find that his family laid him in a manger. We find his foes laid him on a cross, and this is the picture of the pardon for every sinner. How, how do you get sin debt from pardon? It's through the tree, it's through the cross. That a king carried 
the story of a, the tsunami in Asia, I read. And uh, 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 the tsunami came through, and his family was four people, two, the mother and father and two children. They were huddled together, tucked uh, together, all uh, together, and it's holding tight. But the water come rushing through the village and rushing through the houses. And, and one of the little boys broke free, and the waves just washed him down. His family watched this boy going down in the waves, and these waves were just pushing him, and they watched him go out of sight, and it was pushing him. And for two days, they, they wondered what happened to their son. And two days later, here comes this uh, uh, officer up and had this little boy with him. They were looking for his family. And when the family saw him, they ran to him and said, How in the world did you survive that tsunami? How in the world would you make it? And she said, he said, I was pushed away. I went from village to village and it was just pushing me around. He said, but all of a sudden, it started pushing me to this coconut tree. And see, when that tsunami pushed me that coconut tree I hit the top of it when I hit the top of that I latched on would not let go and for two days he was at the top of this coconut tree hanging on hoping somebody would come by and see him and he told his mom and dad he says the only thing that kept me from being dead today was because of the tree let me tell you what the only thing that's keeping you alive today is because of the tree yeah. the tree that Jesus Christ carried down I'm t can I say tonight, the only hope every sinner has in this world, the tree gets in their path. Thank God for the rush of sin that came through our lives and began to rush us down towards hell. And the day that the, the tree showed up in the form of a gospel track or the form of somebody witness in the form of a message in the form of a song that pricked our hearts and we came to God and said, hey, uh, put that God through that tree right in our paths. And we saw that and we grabbed a hold of it hold on to it. He said, you don't have to go headlong to hell. I put a tree up for you. There's room at the cross for all. There is a place of refuge at the cross tonight for you and every sinner that would kneel down at the cross. Christ will meet you there. At the cross, at the cross, I first saw the light and the burdens in my heart rolled away let me tell you what I, I am so glad for that tree his family laid him in a manger he was a perfect promised son foes laid him on the cross he was the pardon for sinners look at John chapter 19 verse 41 Now in that place where the was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein was never laid man yet laid. There they there laid they Jesus, therefore because of the Jews' preparation of the day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. His family laid him in a manger, his foes laid him on a cross, but his friends laid him in a tomb. His family laid him in a manger shows the promise of the perfect son. Uh, his foes laid him on the cross that shows the, 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 the pardon for sin. Then his friends laid him in a tomb. Suffering he coming out of the tomb shows that he is a powerful God. A powerful Savior. Can I remind you tonight there is no other quote unquote religion on this planet that has a risen living Founder, Savior, that's alive today. 
Every found of every religion you find today, they don't have one that's living. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. Charles Taze Russell, the founder of the Jehovah Witness, is dead. John Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon, is dead. And if they didn't know Jesus Christ, they are in hell today to be in hell for eternity out throughout eternity. Can I say this is the founder of the church of Christ. He is not dead, alive forevermore. And you know how you can know that? He brought up the sun in the morning. He caused the sun to shine. He caused the moon to raise up the night. He caused the stars to shine. He brought forth the trees. He tells the ocean just how far he come. He brought the mountains up. How do you know he lives? I know he lives because he lives in my heart. He is everything. He's alive today. Can I say according to Hebrews 1, upheld by the word of his power. If Jesus exists to be, everyone will fall off this mud ball right straight to hell. But he's alive. He's alive. He lives within my heart. If Jesus is dead, I would like to know where the body is. If Jesus was dead, I would like for them to tell me because I'm next to kin. But they say he's not dead. We cannot have a funeral for him. He's not dead. He ain't dead, he's alive. I'm telling you, 2,000 years ago, his friends laid him in a tomb and thought it was over. It was done. It was over. He, he was died on the cross. They took him down. They put him in the tomb. Says, I don't know what we can do, but it's all over with. All our hopes are gone. Our future is gone. Jesus is dead. But little did they know. But little did they know. I, <laughs> I see the devil coming up that tomb on the first day. Yo, death. Yeah. You still got Jesus in there? Death says, yeah, I still got Jesus in here. He ain't going nowhere. I've got the keys. He can't go nowhere. He's still in there. He's not going to move. I can see the old devil going up on the second day. Hey, death, you still got Jesus in there? Death says, oh, yeah. He's still right here. He ain't moved. He's not getting up. I still have the keys. He's done for. We have victory. He's done for. All right, death. We got it. I can see Satan going up on the third day. Hey, death. Hey, death. Oh, death. Yeah. You still got Jesus in there? Somebody took my keys. Somebody took my keys. I, I can't find my keys. I'm trying to find my keys. You got Jesus in there? No, he got up. And I think he took my keys with him. Uh, hey, he says, I have, the key, I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Thank God, death cannot hold him tonight. I imagine the devil knew right then and there, it's over with for me. He come out of that tomb, it's over with for me. His, his friends laid him in a tomb. I'm telling you, I serve a risen Savior. He, he's in the world today. I know he's alive no matter what men say, no matter what the world says, no matter what they want to try to point you to, he is alive today. 
They like for him to be the babe in the manger. The world likes to keep him in that manger because he's the babe. What can a babe do to me? He's just a baby. And they take and they, they can take that baby out once a year and put it in that manger and they, they worship that baby and then at the year, end of the year it goes away, they put him in a closet and they don't worship him no more. But can I say he's not a baby no more? They, they like to keep him on the cross. Hey, he's dead on the cross. It don't mean no more to me. He's dead. He, they put him in a tomb. Hey, he's dead. But I'm telling you, on the third day he came out of that tomb. <laughs> he's not dead. The world wants to keep him in the manger. The world wants to keep him on the cross. But I'm telling you, Jesus got out of the manger. Jesus got off the cross and Jesus came out of that tomb. He's alive and well and on the right hand of the Father today. I'm telling you, his friends laid him in the tomb. But it wasn't the end of him. It wasn't the end of him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 28. This is where I really want to get to. We discussed some of this this morning in Sunday school. 28. Verse number 16. His family laid him in the manger. His foes laid him on the cross. His friends laid him in the tomb, but his father laid him somewhere else. This is the prophecy that's foretold, the things are coming. This is the things to come forth. Verse 16. There, therefore, thus said the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion. For a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. His father laid him in Zion. Here's the prophecy. Notice what God has done to his son. This precious stone. His father had laid him in Zion for a foundation, this precious stone. Have you ever read in the Bible where Daniel said all the kingdoms will be set up? The Bible talks about the great kingdoms. We talked with Nebuchadnezzar was the first one. And from then on down, when it gets down to the last kingdom, when it gets down to the very last one, it says this stone which was cut without hands will come down and smite all kingdoms around. It's going to get rid of it. This is Jesus Christ. This is the future coming. Saying, hey, Jesus is coming down to smite the kingdoms of this earth. And he will rule over the kingdoms. In chapter 4, Peter was preaching about Jesus. He said this stone, which is the builders rejected, is to become the head of the corner. Amen. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. And here in the Bible is saying God is going to lay his son in Zion as a precious cornerstone. Amen. What in the world does that mean? I would like to know the world likes to keep Jesus in that manger. They only want to celebrate him at a certain time. They want to keep him on that cross because they know a dead man can't do nothing for you. Can I tell you, he's coming back. Who I'm preaching about is no longer a baby. Who I'm preaching about is no longer in a cross. Who I'm preaching about is no longer in that tomb. I'm preaching about somebody has been risen. The Bible said there is coming a day the kingdoms of this earth will become kingdoms of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he will rule and reign. There is coming a trumpet sound. And the church of God, church of Christ, is going to be moving out of here. If you, if you remember back when Jesus went triumphant into Jerusalem on the donkey, and they laid down the uh, palm branches and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, praising God as he went in. He said, it's coming back. It's coming back to the eastern gate again. 
is going to come back to it. If you pull up the pictures, you can pull up pictures up right now, and they'll show you the eastern gate. You know what the Muslims done years and years ago? They sealed the eastern gate. It is sealed. You can't go through it. There's no longer go through that. And what they've done, they, they understand that Jesus, they understand the Jewish prophecy that he could not touch any de- anything to death, and they've got cemetery right in front of the eastern gate. They're trying to stop Christ from coming back. They think they've got it made, but let me tell you, the Bible says the gates are going to yell, hey, open wide, the king of glory is coming inside, and the gates are going to rust open wide. He's going to Mount Zion. He's going to sit and reign in Mount Zion one day. He's coming back. I like this. We, we talked this morning about uh, Daniel. Can you, can you imagine what's going on in this world today? Jesus is looking down and see all the things that's happening, everything that's going around. They're mocking him, making fun of him. They're rejecting him, thinking they got it made, thinking they're going to, they, they, he, can't, he can't do anything about this. And Jesus said, you know what? I've still got it. I'm still in control. You may mock me today, you may reject me now, but I'm still coming. You can't stop that. It is foretold, I am coming again. We, we talked about this morning, the U.N. nation, the U.N. In, in the United States unveiled a brand new statue, a brand new statue. And you think that would give something that would give you hope, would picture hope. I want you to look at this statue they got in front of the U.N. If you read Daniel, you read Revelations that talk about the beast, this is the first beast it talks about. This is the picture of that beast. I want you to notice it's multicolored too. It's multicolored. They're saying, hey, come on in. We're ready for you. We can take anything you want. We'll take what you got. They're, they're setting it up for us. We're, we're closer today than we've ever been for Christ to come back. The world is saying, we don't want you. We don't need you. We can do without you. But Christ says, I don't care what you say or what you think. I'm coming back anyway. There's a remnant that I know that served me. I know that loves me. That knows that's waiting for me. And I'm coming back to get that remnant. No matter what the world says, Christ says, I'm coming back. They're getting ready. They're getting ready. The beast. Man, that's just a shame. Just a shame. Junk. It is, it's, it's a shame. The world, what we were living in this world today is a mess. But let me tell you, there is still a remnant that believes in God, trusts in God. I know he came as a baby. I know he lived for 33 and a half years. I know he gave us the gospel. I know he went to the cross. I know that he died on that cross. He bled and died on that cross. I know they took him to that tomb. But let me tell you, that's where the world ends with Christ. It doesn't end with me. He come up out of that tomb. He came out of that tomb and says, I have the keys of death and hell and grave. I, which was alive, was dead, and now alive again forevermore. He is alive. We got to be ready. You got to be ready. We're closer today than we ever thought of being going home. Where they laid Christ out. His family laid him in the manger. His foes laid him on the cross. His friends laid him in a tomb. 
But his father says, I'm going to lay you as the cornerstone. <laughs> I'm going to lay you as that precious stone, hewed and cut without hands. I'm laying you there, and you're coming back one day. Praise God. You go through that eastern gate when you see the mountain on the top, that's Mount Zion. That's the top of Mount Zion. You can't see it now because the walls, the gate is sealed up. Take a look. Go, go, Google this stuff. I'm telling you, God is trying to tell you things are getting ready to happen. And it's coming in this world today. We need to prepare. Amen.